Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. And when Jesus had crossed again into the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about Him and He was beside the sea. Verse 22, Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. Notice what he says. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. This is where his faith is. His faith is right here in this moment. I know, because I've heard, and maybe he's seen, Jesus already perform miracles, but he says, come and lay your hands on her. This is a doctrine right here, the laying on of hands. We still do that today in the church, amen? Kind of a little uh, segue. We are doing doctrines class on Wednesday nights, and we are continuing for the next, I think we have six more weeks of that. And I think not this week, but next week, we'll be talking about the doctrine of laying on of hands. We still do that as a church. We still lay hands on the sick and they recover. Amen? Come on. But Jairus said, come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So his faith is, I know that when you lay your hands on her, she's going to be made well and live. And he went with him. Now go to verse 35, skipping ahead a little bit. And while he was still speaking, Jesus, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Speaking of Jesus, why trouble him any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said. Overhearing what they said, Jesus said. What are you hearing today? Last week, we talked about how you hear. Overhearing what they said, Jesus said. There are two voices in your life today that you are letting in and allowing. It is either the voice of God's word or it is the voice of your situation. And the enemy and your flesh are attached to that. Sometimes we blame everything on Satan, and it's not necessarily true. Sometimes it's just your flesh, and it just needs to take a little bit of renewing. We see that in Romans chapter 12. And so you can yield to the voice of God or God's word, or you can yield to the voice of your trial or circumstance or the thing that you're going through. So Jesus heard, but then he said, to the ruler of the synagogue, to Jairus, Do not fear. Do not fear. Look at your neighbor and say, do not fear. Oh, you're going to have to wake up a little bit. Look at your other neighbor and say, do not fear. If you don't got a neighbor, maybe you need to move and go sit by them. (laughs) But do not fear. Only what? Believe. This is not just a story. 
This is not just something that happened in history for us to read and get a good feeling from. No, we know that God's word is alive. It's living. It's active. It is for us today. It is a spirit of prophecy. It is working for you today when you believe it. So when it comes, put it back up there, to your situation, to what you're going through, to what you're facing, do not fear. Only believe. Don't worry. Don't doubt. Don't have unbelief. Don't have anxiety. Don't stress out. Don't tell everybody what's going on. Do not fear. Only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, to Jairus' house, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly, as such they would if someone's dead. They saw this girl dead, and the response was a natural response, such as, right? If someone was dead or someone in your family member or a family member was dead, the natural response would be wailing, a commotion, chaotic. And what did Jesus say? He entered. Why are you making a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead, but sleeping. See, how you see what you're going through is different than how he sees it. No, you're not understanding that. How you see what you're going through is different than how he sees it. It's how his word sees it. It's different. He don't have the same perspective you have. He don't have the same viewpoint that you have. Because his filter is not through emotion. It's not through flesh. It's not through what he's experienced in the past. No, it's through his word. Once he speaks it, guess what? It is. When he spoke the earth, when he spoke light, when he spoke darkness, when he spoke water, when he spoke everything into creation, guess what? It is. When he spoke you into existence, guess what? You are. So, when it comes to faith, when it comes to walking out this faith walk, there are power in your words. There are power in your words. And this is what he did. The child is not dead, but she is sleeping. And, of course, they looked at him, and they laughed at him. But he put them aside or put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. This is important right here. We're going to get in there in a second. But he told the people that were causing all the issues that were seen in the natural, get out. And this is how you have to be. There are people around you that can't see it spiritually. They can't see it through God's word. And you're going to have to know when to tell them, no, go. And what do I mean by that? I mean, you can't share everything that you're going through with them. There are some people that can't handle what you're going through because they're going to be a negative voice in your life. They're going to be someone that doesn't take you to God's word. They're going to take you to reason. They're going to take you through past experience and failures that they've experienced. But you got to make a decision in your heart. Who do you go to? And this is what happens. Taking her by the hand, he said, 
Talitha Kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise or get up. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. Now, the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of your tongue or the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Fruits of what? Fruits of death or fruits of life. Today I'm preaching on the power of your words. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for the Spirit of God that is in this house, that is on me to preach the Word. I thank you, God, that you've anointed me. I thank you that you've anointed them to hear the Word of God, that it is like a seed that it gets planted deep within their heart. I thank you that faith today is what is increased in their life. Doubt, unbelief, anxiety, fear. I thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, must go because of your word, Father. There is power in your word, and we agree with that word by faith in the name of Jesus. So it says, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Now go back to verse 36, and this is what Jesus said. After hearing Mark chapter 5, verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler, do not fear, only believe. Now, Jesus said, in like this situation, we got to be like Jesus. We have to speak to our problems. Go to Mark chapter 11. It says this in verse 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, whosoever, who's that? That's me. Say it's me shall say unto this mountain, that's the first say, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, there's a second one, shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says or saith. There's three saying, saith, say, speaking, Words. Your faith in God must have corresponding confession or words that you speak. Proverbs 18, there is death or life. How do you speak over your situation? If you're sick in your body right now, how are you speaking over your body? If you're dealing with with an issue at work, how are you speaking over that issue at work? If you have an issue with a child, how are you speaking over that child? There are either the power of death or life, and life, sorry, in that tongue. Go to James chapter 3. Can we get in the Word for a little bit? Is that Okay. And let's start in verse 2, talking about the tongue, a little thing right here. James chapter 3, verse 2, 
I want to pull up this. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Notice your tongue or your mouth controls your whole body. He says it right here. For if we all stumble, or we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says. So how you speak can either cause you to stumble or not to stumble. And he says, is a perfect man but he is also able to bridle his whole body. How you speak about your life will either control you and cause you to be submission to God's word and to live by that word, or it will cause chaos. It will cause you to be up and down, tossed to and fro by every single thing that comes up, Constantly feeling depressed, constantly feeling the pressure of life and allowing those pressures to dictate how you live. But see, we have to learn how to control our mouth. Continue. If we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole body as well. Who's ever gotten on a horse before? Or maybe you've seen a video of it. They put this little bit in their mouth. And what does that thing do? Controls them. They make it go left. Guess where that horse is going? They make it go right. Our mouth is the same way. You can control your mouth. Meaning, you can't make an excuse when you can't control it. Because the Bible says you can't control it. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very, very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. This big ship, you ever seen those big ships in the channel out here or in the bay? They're big, right? They have this little rudder controlling them, wherever the pilot directs it, wherever the captain's steering, it follows. Verse 5, so also the tongue is a small member Yet it boasts of great things. That thing in your mouth or your mouth can either cause life or death in you. Today, what are you experiencing in life? If you're experiencing hardship, if you're experiencing challenge, just because you're experiencing it in the natural doesn't mean you have to be there spiritually. Just because you are experiencing it naturally doesn't mean you got to be there spiritually. No, you can be in a different place spiritually even though there's a natural hardship that you're going through. When it comes to healing, how do you know you're healed? Is it because you feel it? You feel better? Is it because there's a natural manifestation of that healing? No. It's because of faith in God's word. Faith is the proof of it. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, now faith is. It is. When is it? Now. So if you're sick in your body today, guess what? According to God's word, you're healed. You say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, there's the first excuse right there. But how can it be? Get your butts out of the way. What does his word says? If you are going to take him at his word, then that is it. That is so. 
is really not that hard. The issue that we run into is we don't spend enough time with God to be able to think like God's word. And this is the only, really the, probably the biggest issue that we run to in our Christian life, in our daily life, is you got to get in the presence of the Father. you got to spend time with him. Now, Mark 11, 23 says, Say to the mountain, what you say will come to pass, and whatever you say, it will happen. There's three things or three speeches or how he is saying to whatever you're going through. Notice he only says believe one time. Meaning you can believe in your heart all you want to, but if you never speak, it won't do anything. Some of you believe in God's word, but you're not speaking it out. You got to speak. Amen? A couple of scriptures for you when it comes to the way you speak. It says in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. James chapter 1, verse 26, this previous ch- chapter, or a couple of chapters before James 3, it says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Guard your mouth. Just like how you have to guard your heart, guess what? You got to guard your mouth. Now, we know that the Bible says out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, if you're speaking death today, then I would ask, what's in your heart? What do you believe? Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Go there real quick. If you confess with your mouth, notice your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe. What are we confessing? What we believe in our heart. Now, this same formula or this same template that you see is to everything else. When it comes to your life with Christ when it comes to healing, when it comes to joy, when it comes to peace, when it comes to all that you have need of in Christ, if you believe in your heart, you will confess it out loud. Today, you got to speak to the mountain. You got to speak to the circumstance. And you got to guard your heart. From other people. Go back to Mark chapter 5. I know I'm taking you everywhere, but that's all right. Mark chapter 5. It says this. Do not fear, only believe. If Jairus never would have received what Jesus said in this moment, his daughter never would have got out of that bed. If Jairus never would have believed the words of Jesus, do not fear, only believe, his daughter would have stayed dead. Jairus had to believe in that word and hold on to it and choose his word over the word of his servant that actually saw the girl dead. You got to think about it. This is his servant. He knows this man. 
this man would have went to him and was like, look, your, your, your daughter's dead. I mean, don't, don't bother him anymore. Like, he can't do anything. That would have been a hard blow to Jairus in that moment. I guarantee you, anyone that come to you and say, hey, it's over. Doctors, they, 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 they called it. But Jairus said, no, I'm going to choose to believe what Jesus is saying. What do you choose to believe today? How do you know you're believing in him? You're not in fear. The Bible says in 1 Timothy that, that he has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. How do you know you're standing on God's word and believing his word? You're not in doubt. You're not in unbelief. And when doubt and unbelief do come in your mind, you rebuke it. You cast it down. That's what I mentioned last week. You take captive the other side and say, no, I'm not going to take that. I'm going to stand on the word of God. Look, I'm not preaching my idea on this. This is God's word. So we're either going to take him at his word or we're not going to. That's up to you. I leave that for you. Because I can't convince you or persuade you. You're going to have to be fully convinced and persuaded that God is able to perform upon his word. I mean, just like Abraham. We talked a couple of weeks ago about head faith and heart faith. Look, you can't believe God's word with your head. It ain't going to work. Good luck. It's going to be hard. You're going to get really frustrated. I mean, you tell me right now, how did the new birth happen? How are you saved? Yeah, I mean, you can look in the scriptures, but how did that even happen? There's some things that you're not going to understand. And I think there's a reason why Jesus, I don't know if I said this this past week. I don't think I did. I said it on Wednesday, but I'm going to say it now. There's a reason why Jesus said, let the children come to me. He said, anyone that cannot believe like these children cannot inherit the kingdom of God. What was he saying there? You got to have childlike faith. And when it comes to a child, they don't know everything, but they trust their parent. They don't know how things work, but they take their parent at their word. There's some things that you're not going to know how it works, but you're going to have to take God at his word. You're just going to have to understand that some things, there are a mystery to it, and you're not going to know it all. And it's okay. You don't have to. But if God said it, I believe it. In Romans chapter 10, verse 10, it says, For the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made. Confession is made unto salvation. For with the heart, so in your heart you believe, but with confession, with how you speak, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This word confess or confession literally means to acknowledge or to own up or to acknowledge faith in. It means to acknowledge, to own up to or to acknowledge faith in. It also means to make confession of one's faults. One definition is to make confession of one's faith or to acknowledge God's faith in God's word. Now, I'm going to prepare you for next week. There are four kinds of confession, four kinds. You can write these down. We're going to break them down next week, and I'm going to be done in a second. The first one is the Jews' confession of sin. The Jews' confession of sin. The second one is the confession of the sinner under the new covenant. The confession of the sinner under the new covenant. The third one is the believer's confession of his sins. And the fourth and final is the believer's confession of faith. 
See, confession is stating something you believe. Confession is declaring something you know to be true. What is true to you today? Confession is proclaiming God's truth that you have accepted wholeheartedly. When it comes to God's word, how do you receive it? Do you accept it to be real and to be true? This man did. Jairus did. He said, God, or Jesus, I'll receive it. Now, notice when they get to the house of Jairus in verse 39 or 38, they came to the house, and Jesus saw a commotion. He saw people weeping and wailing. The first thing he did before he even talks or prays over the girl and tells her to get up, he doesn't even pray. He just tells her to get up. If you've ever taken some time, Jesus actually never prays for someone to be healed. He just says it. He never prays for someone. He just speaks it out, and that happens. Something said to be right there. But he tells all the people that are living in doubt and unbelief and looking at the circumstances, get out. Get up. That's how you have to be in your life. Not everybody is supposed to know what's going on in your life. But you need to tell people that people of faith. When you're going through something, it's okay to call someone and tell somebody, but I'll be very cautious on who you tell. If you're telling an unbeliever, they're not going to be able to help you in the way you need help. More than likely, they're going to give you a secular idea and a worldly idea. And I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not the best way. Because we are Christians. And we live according to God's word. You need to learn how to find confidence in people around you in the body of Christ. You need to have someone that you can call and say, I need you to pray with me. Let me tell you, there's church leaders here that can pray with you. There's people in this place that can pray with you, that can be in agreement with you, that you can build each other upon, that you can edify one another, admonish one another, exhort one another. That's what unity is. That's why the church is here as well as part of that to be in unity for the building and the encouragement encouragement and the admonishing of one another. If we can't do it here, I mean, come on. If we can't have brotherly love in the house of God, I mean. But we have to understand when it comes to our walk of faith, when it comes to us living this faith walk out, not everybody's going to be able to live that faith walk with you. And that's okay. And you got to be like Jesus saying. And sometimes people will, will want to just even press themselves and say what they want to say. You, you probably experienced that. Don't allow it to go in your ears. And if you do, rebuke it and say, no, I'm not going to think that way. No, I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to fear. See, your words, how you speak today. Is determining life or death in your life. It's determining how that situation is going to either dominate you and rule you. Because what? We go through things, and that's normal. You're going to go through things, but it's how you go through it. If you're hoping for a worry-free Christian life, there's nowhere in the Bible you'll see that. And if you've heard someone say that from a pulpit, I'm sorry, they lied to you. You're going to go through stuff. You're going to go through suffering. You're going to go through pain. But guess what? You can do it having comfort in God, having comfort in the Holy Spirit, having joy and strength, because that's not a feeling. No, that is a choice. 
The Holy Spirit will strengthen you. I mean, we see that in Ephesians chapter 3, that the Spirit of God will strengthen your inner man. No, you'll go through things. But guess what? Jairus went through this, and before his daughter was healed, he had to have the test of his faith before his daughter was healed. There was a test of faith. He had to take Jesus at his word. And I guarantee you on that walk to his daughter, he still, he has to hold on to it. Like, Jesus said, don't fear, just believe. He said, don't fear, just believe. I know what my servant told me. I know how sick she looked when I left. But he said, don't fear, just believe. You got to be the same way. Man, I know what's in front of me. I know what I'm experiencing. But God's word says, don't fear, just believe. And you're speaking. You're meditating on God's word. You're speaking it out. I mean, this is, what Jesus, or this is what God told Joshua. Meditate on the word of God. Meditate. Speak it out. And this is how you are living that faith walk. Oh, I know what the doctor told me. Man, I'm, I could, oh, Jesus. But I know what your word says. You see what I'm saying? This is your faith walk. And no one can walk it out for you. Only you can. You got to begin to speak. You got to begin to stand on God's word. You're going to have to get your own spiritual feet, stand up on those two spiritual feet, if I could say it that way. Stand up, strengthen those weakened knees, allow the word of God to strengthen you. If you're not strengthened right now because of a situation you're going through, get in his presence. Pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray, it builds you up on your most holy faith. Pray in tongues. If you haven't received that gift of tongues, you can receive it today. How do you receive the gift of tongues? Or the baptism of the Holy Spirit? By faith. Speak it out, and the Holy Spirit will give utterance. It will help you. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.